Welcome to In The Groove. In The Groove is a series of interviews that allow us to meet with the artists of our time that are doing the best in music today. And today, I'm going to provide for you the interview I did with country singer and artist J.D. Hardy. I met with J.D. Hardy at a local restaurant here in Santa Barbara County, San Luis Obispo County area, and we had a fantastic interview. Now, due to the fact we met in a restaurant, there was some editing that had to be done because, frankly, it just got too noisy. But uh, I think it went great because it gives us the feel of what it's like to be in a country environment. If you're familiar with the Central Coast of California, it is largely a rural area, a lot of farms, ranches, vineyards, and wineries, and the spirit of the Old West does still live very strongly today. So enjoy the interview, and we're going to go ahead and mix in some of the music from J.D. Hardy's new album, Rebels with a Cause, and uh, I really think you're going to like this one. At a young age, uh, got introduced to the music scene, uh, honky tonks to uh, church. <laughs> you know, started playing uh, guitar when I was a young kid, about seven years old. Uh, got really bored with it and started playing the drums. I thought it was a lot better to bang on drums in the house and you know than to play my guitar and and uh, wasn't really feeling it at that time. However, I discovered that I was a writer. You know. And um, so I wrote my first country song when I was about 20, 21-ish. And that really brought me all my musical, you know, uh, schooling back to me. And I just said, you know what, I'm not a drummer anymore. I'm not going to play the bass anymore. I'm going to play the guitar and solely focus on my songwriting. And it was just kind of this discovery, you know, of, of, my, of myself that I'd never, I've always been the drummer, you know. And I've always been Jack Hardy's son. You know, they got, uh, my dad was well known in the music scene over there. And well, uh, for Buck Owens, I mean, the Buck Owens, the Yeehaw, you think the whole country music scene at the time. That's right. It just brings you right back to how country music really made the its roots. first major impression. It's always been around for a while, but when you think about it, you think of that era coming forward. I agree. You know, you think of artists like Johnny Cash, mm -hmm. Haggard, Wayne Jennings. You know, all getting to start then coming forward. Yep. So, how was the transition going from drummer to guitarist to singer songwriter? I mean, well, the singer. You know, I I always had that protection behind the drums from what was going on from the performance end of it. You know, so and I I that felt good to me. So it was a shock. You know, the very first time I stepped and took the mic. Um, however, I, it was, the transition was slow because I, I actually went into songwriting. And so then it just became, hey, I just really want to share my songs. I'm a, you know, I'm a lyric head to start with. You know, when I listen to a song, uh, there's songs that, you know, sometimes the melodies don't always grab me, but I'm listening to these lyrics going, man, these are some great lyrics. Or vice versa, you know, I'm a music guy too. I like a good melody and sometimes the lyrics aren't there, you know, but... Uh, but I had that. I got to have that transition period where I was a songwriter first, you know, and then I kind of morphed into a performer because I really I, I can perform, and performers like to perform, and that's what really keeps me back in 
in recording, you know, and uh, uh, being a recording artist. Loved you from the start. Love you until the end of time and beyond. Nothing will come between us again. I know it hasn't been easy to stay with me through all the times you thought I didn't love you. Or even care about you at all I will live for you And I will die for you I live and die for you I was going to say, my very fr the first time I got signed was with a guy named Ray Will. And if you ever not have an opportunity, check him out, because he was a phenomenal guy. His very first hit song as a producer was Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. And actually, uh, I think it was RCA gave that to him in New York to get rid of him. They said, he, no one can make a hit out of this song. Give this one to him, and uh, he'll be out of our hair. Well, he, gets a, he tells me, he says, I make this song... We were all done with it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. By 6 o'clock, thank you, by 6 o'clock, it's nationwide hit. You know, that was back in the good old days where you could put a, you could, you know, send a record out to the guy, and next thing you know, it's hitting all over the, the country. Right. You know, uh, this is not the same way anymore. But uh, Ray uh, also brought around, um, uh, you know, Dwight Yoakam. He, he had a hand in breaking George Strait. Um, Hank Jr. He he produced Whiskey Bit and Hellbound for uh, Hank Jr. Uh, album, which took him from the blues into a you know a real country rock and blues. It like changed this whole style that album did, and um, so I got to work with him, which was phenomenal. Yeah, you know, you're saying on the phone, you know, there's this 
good music, bad music. There's no such thing as bad music. That's it, man. And just whatever it is for you, it's good, you know. And and uh, so, but when I think about that, you know, obviously I think about guys like uh, some real wordsmiths out there, you know, like um, Merle Haggard and Hank Williams Sr. You know, and Hank Williams Jr. You know, some of his stuff. Um, I was influenced by Waylon. You know, all those all those guys that we've mentioned before. Um, seems like a lot about today. There's not a, a, a whole lot of that. Um, <clears throat> there's not a whole lot of uh, the songwriters are kind of behind the scenes now. You know, and there's songwriters and there's performers, and there's rare when there's two of them. You know, but they're, they're the same person. But um, at least in, in country music. Influences range from Hank Senior and Hank Junior to Merle Haggard and Buck Owens to uh, ACDC and Guns N' Roses, you know, Jim Croce, you know. I mean, all these. I have all that in me. Um, I'm going to tell you, that in my opinion, one of the best all-time rock and roll stripped-down albums is Appetite for Destruction. Well, absolutely one of my favorite, you know, and obviously. With the very conservative town I lived in and, and upbringing I had, that was, you know, we were burning that kind of music at bonfires at church. <laughs> but it didn't stop me from uh, finding a, or at least getting a, uh, you know, copy of it somewhere somehow. But uh, so you could probably go from a, a typical slow, you know, down home feeling country song to maybe some rockabilly or something with a harder. Absolutely. Head. Absolutely. Well, you know, and when uh, what I feel like I did with this new album too, um, which and hats off to my label because they really let me get involved, and I never had that opportunity in the past albums that I've done. But um, they uh, said, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Well, what do I want to do?" You know, and and going back to my roots, being from Bakersfield, you know, when Buck Owens first came out, they were like a southern rock and roll type. Uh, excuse me, Southern California rock and roll type band, which is like your Beach Boys, Ricky Nelson type thing going on to, uh, with the pedal steel in it, and country vocals and country lyrics. And so I tried to update that. You know, I didn't try to, I did it. And that's what this new album is. There's certain inalienable rights, you know, that we obviously have that I think um, shouldn't be, shouldn't be touched. 
and um, you know Rebels with the Cause talks about that uh, in that song and it's a reminder that we are uh, from the bloodline of rebels people who rebelled against a uh, tyrannical system and uh, they didn't want to pay their taxes to a king that was just robbing them you know they didn't want to uh, have anyone tell them how to to worship or not to worship you know uh, at all and uh, they were self-governed and they wanted to have their own right to do it how they saw fit so long they weren't treading or or putting anybody in danger and you know man that certainly does come out in my music freedom to be free freedom to be free yeah that's it some leasing type opportunities. Um, I just was approved with uh, a uh, with my label and an, uh, an investor to do um, for a $50,000 uh, uh, budget to do a video. So which is good. One video that I, a uh, song that I have that everyone uh, feels is the you know, commercial song is a song uh, which depicts a bull rider's life and his lifestyle, and that song is called "Right On." And uh, you know, my uh, my uh, my partner, uh, that's also a uh, videographer, he um, he has some great ideas. And, and and I was talking to him today, and he, you know, he was just saying we're going to really get. Um, some neat footage, and they're also uh, working with PBR, the Professional Bull Riding Association, uh, to get some of their uh, you know scenes released and, and uh, from different various bull riders that they have that are professional. And uh, so we'll have some of their endorsement on on the video, which is going to you know essentially that's a 16 million dollar or excuse me 16 million. Uh, uh, ticket. They sold 16 million tickets last year to their events. So 16 million people physically showed up. So it's a big market, you know. So if we can get this video done and and keep it in the budget and make it professional enough, which I have all the confidence in my guys, um, you know, it's going to help break this album. Riding bulls again tonight. 
actually Merle Haggard's neighborhood mm-hmm. and uh, that he grew up in also when he got out here from Oklahoma and it's a rough rough neighborhood and uh, you know man I've seen a lot of good people who are just trying to survive you know it's kind of like the um, you know it's it's a it's it's a really personal song because I've saw you know even in my own family I've seen people who are struggling with poverty who turned to crime because I thought that's how they had to do it, you know? And uh, Hello World is about a guy who's just getting out of prison, you know? And he's meeting, he went into prison when he was like 19, and he's coming out when he's 39, and he's never really met the world before as an adult. You know, it was just this, it was just this uh, guy from, from the neighborhood who uh, was a criminal, adolescent criminal, you know, and that's, but he's actually one of the 12% that was reformed in prison, and he comes out and he says, hey, it's nice to meet you, he's introducing himself, next verse he says, uh, I won't lie, you know, here I am out of prison, I won't lie, I almost walked in that bar, and the reason I can't go in that bar is because the alcohol gave me the courage to steal my first car, you know, and then he talks about his mom and dad, and how his dad was a criminal as well, and it's a generational curse on his family. And and uh, but that eventually that uh, he found salvation in Christ, you know. And um, and whatever that is for everybody is, you know, they, it's up to interpretation. Hello world, no, I don't believe I met you before. Been thinking what I'd say for 20 years when I finally walked out that door. See, I was 19 and I was fighting me when they locked me up for armed robbery. Hello, world. Good to meet you today. Hello, world. Won't lie, almost walked in that bar. The alcohol gave me the courage to steal my first car. See, I was 13, daddy was fighting me. Mama was depending on me. Hello, world. You forgive me today Hello world I can tell you about a friend I have inside 
had my back since the first day I walked in. His name is Jesus Christ. opportunity that I had and that talent that I had in writing that allowed me to release it. Instead of keeping it all bottled up inside, I was able to get it out, you know, of me. And um, so that I wasn't uh, hitting my trigger points where I wanted to go off on another four or five day binger, you know, and, and no one see me, you know. And I did plenty of that, you know. And... Uh, so, you know, I just finally told myself, you know, self, don't you think we've partied enough? <laughs> you know, and I don't get me wrong, I like to have a good time still, you know. <laughs> I ain't dead. I know anybody that doesn't like that. Either. Yeah, but but I'm just not, uh, the extreme uh, measures that I took in the past won't ever do it again, because they almost killed me. But we talked about this earlier, too, is that, uh, uh, you know, it could always have been worse. I think that's what you're pointing out. You know, I'm fortunate that I was able to come out of that and, and uh, tell my story and tell it through my music. Like your grandfather, you're, you're up on the pulpit giving a sermon, but you're not being preaching. Don't want to be preaching. Don't want to be preaching. Not pointing the finger at anybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, man, I, I, I did it. And if you're in that place in your life and you're doing it, and if you can hear the, the testimony about how I made it away, from, uh, you know, the grip that uh, these things had on me, then uh, so be it. And if, you, if you're not ready to hear it, you're not ready to hear it. It's fine, too. I, you know, I'm, I honestly, um, uh, I think Hank Jr. had this line perfectly. He says, uh, we say grace, we say ma'am, but if you ain't to that, we don't give a damn. One way or another, I, you know, we don't really care. <laughs> yeah, because really good at that coffee bar. <laughs> so <laughs> we're trying to get one out of her. Looking out the window, you're high rise. LA lights sure do shine. Said you'd meet me here two days ago. Called you and all your friends. Nobody seems to know. So did he call you? You probably ran back to him. I saw all the signs. You never let him go. were the best I ever had I'm not mad but darling I got to go so I left a note I'm not in California I'm gonna be in Colorado Spring wind, 
was our interview with J.D. Hardy for In the Groove. In the Groove is a podcast provided by GS1 Media and Zymbuif Magazine, available on SoundCloud and its websites, www.zombiewolf.com and www.zombiewolf.blogspot.com. I invite you to go to our websites and look up the articles, not only about J.D. Hardy and the other amazing artists that we've seen, but you'll also find other pertinent news, music reviews, and a lot more music that will enlighten your life and make the days go by a little smoother. And one thing for J.D. Hardy, just want to say you did your father proud. You're a great country artist, and we think your album is going to be fabulous. Good night, best of luck to you, and travel those dusty trails. <laughs>